Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Welcome to This is Civity Radio Show. My name is Gina Valeria. Civity helps people and communities build a culture of respect and empathy across difference. And our interviews explore how people across the country and world are doing this in their own communities. Today, we welcome Greg Baldwin, who is president of Volunteer Match, and he's here to talk about Civity in his work and his life. Greg, welcome to This is Civity Radio. Hi, thanks for having me. Great to have you. Um, so, first of all, I want you to, I'm wondering if you could tell me first a little bit about Volunteer Match. Absolutely. So, Volunteer Match is the web's largest volunteer engagement network. We started back in 1998 to uh, build a web service that would make it easier for good people and good causes to connect around things that they really cared about. Um, today, volunteermatch.org. Uh, welcomes more than 50,000, 60,000 people a day and is helping more than 100,000 great local organizations all across the country find the volunteers they need to tutor our kids, look after the environment, fight for equality, um, and generally invest in the health of our communities everywhere uh, where you know, everywhere across the country. That's excellent. And I imagine volunteers, we're going to talk about civity and your engagement with that, but I imagine your volunteers um, are sometimes experiencing civity in their work, sometimes experiencing that that connection with people or that empathy or learning about someone that they didn't before understand. Yeah, I think it's no coincidence that, uh, you know, I'm very interested in civity as a framework for, you know, building greater empathy and connections in communities because I do believe that, volunteering at its core is an act of generosity and empathy and, and a willingness to, you know, care for and give back to causes and communities and individuals uh, that you really are embracing and making a part of your life. I think that's really at the core of what what volunteering really is at its best. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I wanted to talk, how, you know, how did you actually get connected with Civity, the official organization? So I got connected through one of the co-founders, Malka Capel, uh, who I've um, I've met along the way. I think actually we met at a dinner several years ago um, as a result of you know our shared interest in civic engagement, um, philanthropy, um, and technology. And that conversation, <clears throat> you really we just we hit it off, <laughs> and uh, I've learned a ton from Malka and the Civity team. And I think while our work is so very, you know, technologically focused and operating at scale, I think what really struck me about the work of Civity is how very personal and intimate it is. Mm -hmm. And those two things really um, are nice complements to one another. So that's how it began. And then I was invited to a Civity briefing um, where we learned a little bit about the techniques and the strategies that they're um, pursuing and, and teaching and training other leaders, and it's been it's been really rewarding and uh, insightful for me to see both how you know, simple the idea it is in you know in in its execution, but how profound a difference it can make 
in you know in my life and the lives of people who uh, choose to embrace it. Yeah, it, that's uh, that's a really important point. Uh, there's a lot. Um... There are, there are some things in this world that people think are just too simple, or I know sometimes we use the word squishy, too squishy or touchy-feely, and, and they think they can't possibly, you know, be part of this, of anything important or profound. And yet, with something like Civity, uh, where you're, again, you said it's very intimate, personal, can be very one-on-one, um, the 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 rewards can just reverberate. And I'm wondering if yeah. you want to talk, I'm sure you have several experiences, but I'm wondering if you want to share um, an experience that really sort of connected you with this concept in a way that you'd never connected with it before. Yeah, absolutely. So I was doing, I was part of a Civity workshop last summer, I believe it was, and we had some homework. And, you know, the premise of the homework it fundamentally was to really acknowledge and recognize um the differences and boundaries and barriers that we live with every day, the people that we don't really engage with and talk to, uh, the communities that are sort of outside of our comfort zone. Um, and part of the civity homework was to you know, acknowledge that and you know, fundamentally to steer into it, recognize it, and instead of just ignoring it and kind of going about your regular habits, notice that barrier, that boundary, um, and there are some tools and techniques for just engaging in a conversation or an acknowledgement that would be something you wouldn't ordinarily do in your life. Mm-hmm. So you know that that's the homework. So I'm at the I'm at the Aspie. You know I get on BART and I'm coming into the city. I'm actually actually at MacArthur BART station, um, and I'm transferring trains. And there's a train that mysteriously has all sorts of room in it. You know, it's a packed commute, as yeah. it always is, unbarred. And there's one train that has a whole bunch of open space I see through the window. And as I come to the front door of the open door, I realize why. There's a guy inside with a shopping cart blasting tunes as loud as he possibly can. And on any other day of the year, I would do what everybody else was doing, mm-hmm. uh, which is to pack myself on another car, <laughs> just not, <laughs> yeah. not, not deal with that situation. Um, but, you know, given my civity homework, at that moment, I recognized, I recognized my own habit and my own pattern that I, I, I would normally and naturally avoid that interaction and go someplace else. And instead, I steered into it and stepped onto the train and struck up a conversation with this guy, um, rather than kind of putting my head down and avoiding it. Yeah. And I stepped in, and I just said, you know, good morning, what are we having a party at in this car? <laughs> and, and it went from one of those moments where there is a boundary and fear to unlocking an interaction that was really profound for me. It turned out um, this guy was a retired BART uh, employee. Uh, he was an engineer by trade. Um, he was happy and, you know, cheerful that morning. Uh, he appreciated the interaction. We got talking. I asked him what he was doing riding around in the park. Turns out he's got a lifetime ticket to ride BART as a former employee. So he's oh, just nice. riding around with his free ticket. I asked him why the doors always jam on BART, and he told me about all the hydraulic problems, <laughs> you know, associated with the inside of the BART. And then he got off at 12th Street, Oakland, and he wished me a good – he actually said – got to go to work today and I was like yeah I do and he was like he actually felt sorry for me he's like sorry man you know <laughs> and uh we had a great interaction and you know I really it was striking to me how profound that interaction was for me at a personal level you know how easy it was to interact and how much of my life I would 
naturally spend not having that interaction. Mm -hmm. But then even more profound was somebody on the train uh, captured a photo on Facebook and shared it with KTVU. Um, And by the end of that week, uh, and it was completely anonymous. Nobody, this person didn't know who I was, but by the end of the week, the loop had fed back to me. Somebody recognized me and sent it back to me. And there were probably on this one Facebook thread, you know, thousands, tens of thousands of views and thousands of comments on, you know, people just saying how how profoundly it, it impacted them to see somebody, you know, offering some dignity and some respect um, to the people that we live with every day. And I, 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 was, I was really touched by it all and, and never thought it would ever, you know, I didn't do it to be noticed and never thought it would be noticed. Um, but it was really obvious at that moment the, the trickle effect, you know, the trickle-down effect, the impact that just one small moment of generosity and breaking down a barrier can have not just on, you know, me and, um, you know, my friend on the train, but um, also on other people. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, that that was a, that's an incredible story because it's not often that we get such direct feedback about something and yeah. and such direct profound feedback about something. Yeah, and so much of you know the feedback on the web is you know at this point it's so polarized yeah. and dividing and nasty. Um, and it was really nice. You know, it, everyone was you know the the thread of comments was enormously positive, mm-hmm. enormously kind of reassuring, appreciative. Um, you know, my mom saw it uh, you know, for for a day. I was, you know, I was I was a golden child for a day. Um, so it was it was really it was it was it really touched me. Oh, that's so wonderful. Now, before I, I I do want to get into sort of how the public reacted, but I would like to go back quickly to your own experience before you knew that someone noticed, before you knew that someone snapped a photo and shared it with um, KTVU KTVU's yeah. Frank Somerville. Um, when you had that interaction, was that your first civity brush? Was that the first time that you were like, okay, got to do my homework? It wasn't the very first. Uh Um, I'd done, you know, I'd been doing, I'd been in the class, and so I'd I'd done a couple of, I'd gotten better at acknowledging, um, you know, the conversations I wasn't having, the interactions I wasn't having. So it wasn't, it wasn't my, it wasn't my very first day. I wasn't a freshman. (laughs) <laughs> you know, but I was still a sophomore junior at most. Okay, okay, fair enough. <laughs> you know, you know, I was still working on it. And, um, and and I really didn't, it was one of those moments where I I recognized what I was doing and I didn't I didn't hesitate for another moment. I just stepped into an, an, an interaction mm-hmm. that it was a real, it was a real effort. You know, it was, it was definitely, you know, stepping up to something that I normally would yeah. prefer to avoid. A confrontation, and that is great because he also I also managed in the interaction uh-huh. um, to get him to turn the you know to turn the radio down so he could talk with me, which I think was part of what made all the other passengers grateful. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. But but I love that I, I you know it's true. We, we we get into habits in our life, and and definitely when you live in a metropolitan area or maybe even a rural area, I'm, I don't have experience with that. But but when you live in a metropolitan area, you do. You're like I'm in my bubble. I got to do. I got to do my thing. I'm on my way. Can't yeah. you know? And and to and to really make, have a conscious like okay, I'm going to go against my instinctual yeah. grain here and do exactly. this. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. 
and and you um so you made this conscious choice and be, before it was even known this was an interaction that felt that felt um special to you or good to you yes it was something that you that you took away like okay that one wow i'm really glad i did that well he went from i mean he went from a stereotype yeah he went from you know a little just a little pang of fear and uncertainty and division um you know a, a whole, you know what a, what my stereotype was was a homeless man on the bart um being a disturbance yeah right that boom judged mm-hmm. and you know by opening up the conversation i and you know to my surprise and i think this is part of the experience of civity is he's a real he's a real human being you know with a life you know, a long professional career with Bart. Um, he was enjoying himself that day. <laughs> you know, he wasn't, you know, he, he, he was, you know, he was moving around and having a good time riding to Bart. Um, you know, his shopping cart, he was, you know, he was going to some place in, uh, on 12th street, Oakland, but he was, and, and he was interesting and real thoughtful, um, understood things that I didn't, you know, about how the, you know, the Bart system operates and what goes wrong with it. And all that stuff, he was, you know, he just went from stereotype to real human being. Yeah. yeah and, and, like, that is, is as cheesy as that may, not cheesy, just as it, make, it makes such a huge difference when you get, um, when you get more about who, who they're people with real-life experiences, um, and they're not just, you know, one-dimensional stereotypes. Right, right. And, and, and that, those are excellent points and plays very well into our current I, I guess political climate is the best way to say it but the idea yeah. the idea yeah. is that that's all we do right now is is um okay you voted for the yeah. person i disagree with so therefore i have to hate you you're evil and you must be this kind of stereotype you must be yeah. this yeah. um and it's and it, yeah yeah and it's also powerful just to recognize how influential that one-dimensional you know caricature yeah is in influencing our behavior Yes. When you unpack it, you're like, "Well, that's stupid. Doesn't make any sense." <laughs> and yet, and yet, that that is how we operate. We make snap judgments. It's part of our DNA. It's what we do, and it is an effort to steer into something different. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think the the the, the thing is that many of us have stopped making the effort, not because we don't have a desire to connect, because look at the response you got, but because there's so much we're so busy, maybe stressed, maybe got to focus here and there, uh, you know, and and it's just that can't fit right now. And yeah. the the deliberate choice of like I need to make this fit because it's going to it's going to have impacts in other areas, it's going to be worth it. Is is it, you know, a thing that we have to move toward? Yeah. And I think for me, you know, sometimes this gets packed as we all, you know, we need to be better people, we need to give back, and that's all a part of it mm-hmm. for sure. But at some fundamental level, I was a better person that day. Yeah. And that that's empowering. Yeah. In a way that, you know, no amount of, you know, kind of altruism, you know, that isn't that isn't alone the motivation to do something like this. It isn't to be a do-gooder. It's it's really that fundamentally, I was a happier, better, more connected person that day um, than I was on most days. Yeah. And that is that is, it's enriching and it's empowering, and you recognize some biases um, in your own, and it, it enlarges us as people, and yeah. that feels 
that's, that's, it's a, it's a strength. Really, you can feel it. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, a, it's funny. There are a lot of assumptions made. Um, and if, if you want to bring volunteer match or volunteering into this whole experience, you know, Oh, I need to go give back. I need to, I'm so, you know, this, this is the part of, part of the, uh, mindset can be, yeah. I'm yeah. so privileged. I judge, look yeah. down yeah. on and need to help this person when in reality we all need we all need that interaction we all need to connect and it's incumbent upon each of us to you know i'm not doing this because i want to look down on you or help you or fix you i want to do this because you're a human being in front of me and you've probably got something interesting to contribute and i want i want a piece of that yeah and you know i i'm i'm limited Mm -hmm. i'm 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 growing and this is part of my my own growth yeah um, because I've created a boundary there that limits my capacity, you know, to connect and engage. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, in, and in many ways, be the person that I want to be. You know, and, you know on paper, I want to be, you know, connected, engaged, you know, generous, not the guy, you know, judging and creating walls. Um, and then, you know, and then you have to acknowledge that all of us, you know, that, that is how we operate on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. We create assumptions. We create biases because we have to mm-hmm. <laughs> to just get through, and then those biases, without us really acknowledging them anymore, just become a kind of our our, our operating standard. Yeah. And if we if when we challenge them, we can grow. Um, and if we don't, it's it's kind of like you just create your own little wall and you just operate within it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's there's an emptiness to it that it, you, you it's easy to forget is even there. Right. Right when you when it becomes your operating standard, yeah, yeah, you don't realize it until you have a moment as you had, and then you you as you said that day you felt like you were a better person, you felt happier, more fulfilled. Oh my gosh, wow! You know you haven't that hasn't been touched or exercised in a while. That feels good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's kind of like going to it was kind of like going to the gym for civic engagement. Yes, right? <laughs> right? Ah, got it. You know, it's like good solid exercise. Got my heart rate up. Yeah, got my civity scores up. Yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and now, so you had this whole engagement with inside, within yourself with this person, and took that away from you, and and that was a positive experience. And of course, whoever expected that it was going to lead to a public acknowledgement, uh, but yeah. someone on the train, probably many people, but someone on the train, you know, watched this interaction. Right. And decided, you know, wow, this is unusual because we have a different operating standard. Took a photo, yeah. shared yeah. it with KTV's Frank Somerville. For those of you who don't yeah. know, has a really uh, prolific Facebook page, and and he wrote about it and he talked about it. Um, and and so, it, like that piece is also profound. I mean, I think it ties into a lot of the things we're talking about. But but that someone had to that someone was like, wow, this is so out of the norm. And I'm so thankful that I've got to share it. Like, what did that do to you when you sort of realized that piece of it? Yeah. Well, that's, that's, I mean, it was very unexpected. And to have, you know, just to have somebody acknowledge, you know, completely anonymous and to have somebody then like have it looped back to me yeah. with such a, you know, a long thread of people saying essentially, thank you. This, this person that originally posted it, you know, was, was, you know, probably 15, 20 feet away from me on the BART train, watched the whole interaction, had been one of the people probably sitting with their head down on the BART train going, oh, my God, you know, I got to go to, you know, I got to go to work today. We're listening to, you know, Fly in the Family Stone at 11, you know, 
coming out of the <laughs> shopping cart and and like oh, this is going to be miserable and 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 that 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 experience changed profoundly um as she also um or he or she also um you know got a chance to know um you know both me and the you know the person on the train with them and i think the other thing that was um the other thing i got to say struck me was it, it was there was a little poignancy in how out of the norm it is that mm-hmm. was not it isn't a great feeling you know while rants and people being mean on the web has just become you know de facto uh sharing positive stories it it, it felt all too uh unusual you know as it happened still felt you know it was it was amazing to see that that is still in people, mm-hmm. despite all of the, you know, the anger and frustration on the web. Um, but it, it was also remarkable in that it doesn't happen more often. And I guess that's mm-hmm. you know, something we could, we could, you know, hope it would. Um, and, and we and need to encourage it. But I don't know how it, I came away feeling a little mixed about that piece yeah. of it. Um, yeah, that it was so out of the ordinary. Yeah. Uh, because I think, you know, for more people to experience that, uh, at some level, it needs to be less extraordinary and more, you know, ordinary for people to be engaging. Right. So there's something in that. Right. And I think that the, the analogy you made to working out, going to the gym, you know, why aren't more people at the gym every day? Because it feels so good and your body gets yeah. in shape and you're just, you feel amazing. Why don't we all do that every day? And, and it's, um, and, and it's interesting, uh, it's interesting how we can set or reset into a space where just a simple interaction becomes profound or becomes seemingly unreachable or unattainable. Uh, and, and that's a really interesting mixed response that you had, the idea that, you know, if this is so appreciated, well, then why don't all of you do it? Like, why aren't we all, why aren't we all doing this all the time? Right. Um, and, and I guess after I thought about it a while, I, I, you know, I came back to a, you know, I guess I come back to, I guess, a sense of human nature, which is very much kind of a, a dualism, that there is bad and there is good in the world. And, you know, good will never fully triumph over bad. You just get to decide which side you're going to play on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's why it isn't just uniformly, um, you know, people being nice to each other every single day. Um but it, it, I, I came away from it just remembering that these are choices that we make. Mm-hmm. Um, we can, we can, on any given day, you could ignore or you can engage, um, and we become the people that we choose to become. And you know, it's it's not something that gets solved. Mm-hmm. And it's also kind of like health and exercise. It's not like one day you get super healthy and then you're done with it. Right. And in our in a fix it world, everything's a problem. It just needs to be fixed. I think you know. Can, community and relationships, you know, don't fall into that frame. It's an ongoing exercise Mm -hmm. and you just keep, you know, you just keep choosing to commit to do that. And I think that's very true of civity. Civity doesn't fix any problem. It's, it's a practice Mm -hmm. uh, that you have to continue to work on. 
that's what that's how it works. Yeah, absolutely. The the, the idea of our of our fix it society that you just mentioned, and the idea that okay, it's done now. We've done this, yeah. and we it's all fixed. <laughs> inequality fixed, done, got it. <laughs> Woo-hoo, we're done. It's over. Yeah, absolutely. And exactly, what's on Netflix? Exactly. <laughs> and 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 you're right. It's like so much of the way things really work is it's always ongoing. You know how you eat, how you right. exercise, how you engage, how you approach your job, everything. It's always an ongoing daily, as you say, choice decision that we make. Um, and and so you know, it, it, I want to get back to this concept of 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 the mindset of many people to where this this has become unusual, um, and and needs to be trained, you know, that we need to train people. Uh, so many things, I think, you know, you're raised and people think, oh, be nice to people, the golden rule, or, you know, treat people like you want to be treated. Okay, that's enough. I've said what I needed to say. You get it. And <laughs> it, it turns out that this is something that we all need help understanding how to do. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, what's, that's what's so great about, it's what's so great about civity, but also the mindset of, well, I don't just be a good person. What's the big deal? Like it it makes it hard for people to really embrace it. Yep. Yep. Um, I I totally agree. And that's, um, I think, you know, I like to think of myself as, you know, a good person, progressive. Like I, you know, I've been working hard on this and I, and it really was, it was, it was very, um, it was very revealing to me, um, how many biases and, and, prejudices I still held mm-hmm. um, and and the practice of identifying them and working through them I found extraordinarily helpful it was training you know and that's what civity is all about and you know not to just get comfortable mm-hmm. you know it was easy for me to believe that um, you know well that's you know that's somebody else's problem but not mine yeah. you know I've, you know I, I'm more um, enlightened I live in Berkeley you know I live in the Bay Area <laughs> right Um and to find that I, I was holding those same boundaries and barriers um, was it was really important. And I don't think if I, you know, without the framework of civity, I think it would have been harder for me to really see those, mm-hmm. um, you know, see those boundaries and barriers, and do something productive about them to just chip away at them. Yeah, and 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 that's another point is that the idea of well, I'm a good person. Yeah. Are, are, are you judging me? Are you telling me I'm not a good person? <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> and with a framework that Civity provides, you can you can sort of safely explore. Yeah. You know, without without ruining your um your psyche as far as. Um, but I'm still a good person, right? Um, <laughs> exactly. Um, but let's. I, I want to move sort of onto the national or you know the political yeah. landscape now because sure. you know the things we're talking about would you know, in my mind, be quite helpful to what's happening now. Yeah. And, and as, as, as we push forward with these in, interactions, engagements, breaking down biases and barriers, the, the nation has moved, you know, given, given the campaigning, you know, I don't think it happened just last year. I think it was a long time in coming, but, you know, culminating in, in the presidential election, we are an extremely polarized nation. It feels that we live in different worlds and, 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 Many, many people, unfortunately, are unwilling to engage or entertain what's going on with a person in another bubble. And, yeah. and, and so, 
you know, here we are at this place, you know, engaging in this thing where we're like, wow, in, you know, we can engagement, profound breakdown, this and and facing a wall of polarization. So, you know, what does that do to you when you think about your own experience and how people in your right around you responded and the work you do, bringing people into situations where they can engage and help with others and and do some good in the world. You have all of this going on in your own life, and then you face this wall in the news or, you know, in policy making, et cetera, that feels, uh, yeah, to me, I mean, I don't think it's insurmountable, but it does, yeah, it feels intractable. Well, it's such a huge issue, and, and I think, you know, I'll start with my personal reflections. Mm -hmm. um, I think, I think so much of what's happening right now is so fundamental to the premise of civity is that we just don't understand each other. And I think that's, you know, I think, and that the, the, and that we don't, because we are so committed to being right, mm -hmm. you know, rather than, you know, getting to know other people's experiences, uh, we've just gotten into a loop where we're, you know, we're, we're at each other just trying to be right. And it's angry and it's frustrated and I look at, you know, how people voted and, you know, where people are. And I think because I've spent some more time with civity, I see how profoundly some people are expressing their kind of an acknowledgement that they don't feel like they have a voice or that they are being, have been heard in the political process for a very, very long time. Mm -hmm. And I think you saw that you know, with people that were supporting Bernie, people that were supporting Trump, and, you know, whatever you think about, you know, their their specific agendas right now and what they ultimately, you know, what Trump will ultimately do with that power, I think what I saw he was able to do successfully um, was give voice to people that are hurting mm -hmm. and that were feeling left out. Um, and that, and you can see how powerful that was as you know as a as a as you know as a political force i don't think he didn't really succeed by solving all of the problems he really succeeded fundamentally by saying i know that people haven't been listening to you and i you know i'm listening to you and i know your problems and you know i i, I disagree with you know some of the uh you know some of the promise you know, or his capacity to really solve those problems at the scale that I think would really change the game for a lot of those folks. But that's kind of a, you know, that's kind of tactical and strategic. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think you can deny that he spoke to people that were saying, um, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not enjoying the American dream. Yeah. I'm not succeeding. I'm not, um, I'm not, I'm scared. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, civity has helped me to see that, you know, see through all of the anger and bitterness and see, you know, see people that are, are essentially saying I haven't been heard and now, and now I'm angry yeah. and, you know, I demand to be heard. Yeah. And that's, you know, I think another piece of civity is you don't have to agree to know somebody. You don't have to agree with, with them and that's that the, the point of civity is to not make our differences go away. I'm never going to have the experience of, you know, growing up in the South. I'm never going to have the experience of, you know, being gay. I'm never going to have many of these. And the point is not to make our differences go away, mm -hmm. which I think is also profound. I, 
I do think that that is how I've tended to operate in the past is to diminish differences as kind of a strategy for mm-hmm. bridging barriers. Um, and I think civity is very deter- you know, is very clear in saying, you know, getting to know how you are different is itself a very important tool for coming together. And you don't have to, you know, let go of those differences in order to connect and engage. In fact, you know, the point is not to do that. And I think that's also very helpful for me as I think about, you know, the point of engaging with somebody on the other side of the aisle at this moment right now would be more to understand mm-hmm. than it would be to fix them or yeah. change them. Yeah. And, and, and we, for you and me, and I think as a society, we also operate that way is that we're, we're supposed to bring each other to a certain point of view, or we're supposed to, yeah, the, the whole idea of agreement. I think that's ingrained in our society now. And, and I, I do appreciate what you're saying and agree that that just, you know, it's okay to sit and be different. Let's try to understand each other and find perhaps where we do agree or where we can work together or where we're willing to sort of meet. And, yeah. you know, those are the those are really skills that people, I think, used to be a little bit more adept at. And, and I think we've moved away from that for whatever reason. Um, and, and yeah, this this whole election and, and, you know, whatever happens policy wise now is whatever's going to happen. But, you know, the idea of why people made the choices that they made um, is you know, I, I just, I really love the way you're thinking about it. The idea, you know, let's try to understand what's going on here, not agree or not think it was right or wrong and, uh, but understand it. And, and the other thing I notice about, I, I, I try to also engage with people who think differently is that we're almost speaking a different language now. Same words mean different things. And, and I've had to use, you know, my fledgling civity skills just to be, okay, I don't understand you. I thought we had an agreement here on what this means, but we don't. Can you help me understand where you're coming from here? Let's you, let's kind of use definitions instead of words because this isn't right. working. And and that's been I've doing I've done a lot of my sort of civity brushes online because yeah. I, I'm I'm curious about the digital space. And, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, and so for me, it's 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 been this whole idea of you know words don't even mean the same thing. And so, okay, how do uh, we, yeah. how do we communicate here? Because I I respect you. I don't think you're crazy or evil. I but I really don't understand you right now. So let's let's do that. And it's harder online, but it but I think it's really worthwhile because that's where we're spending so much of our time. Absolutely. Yeah. I think the hardest thing for me, you know, about civity at a, at a very core level mm-hmm. is. I'm extremely well-trained as a critical thinker. Mm-hmm. And the only frame of reference <laughs> I've ever really been trained in is trying to persuade somebody else of my point of view. Ah. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, yep. That's, I mean, that's, I mean, as far as I can tell, that's everything that was ever taught to me. <laughs> and success was completely and fundamentally, deter- you know, was going to be determined by my capacity to put together logical arguments and persuade other people um, you know, that I was right. That's such like, a revelation. Right? Yes, that's such a revelation. Right? <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh, well, I'm really good at that. And that is so, that is so counter to the, um, I think, the insights of civity, which is, you know, in, in, in a situation like we're in right now, uh, that isn't going to do any good for mm-hmm. anybody. And letting go of that, you know, is can be frightening and scary. And I think a lot of people, that will be a challenge for many people with civity. You know, it's like, well, what's the point of interacting if I'm not trying to convince them that I'm right? Right. What's the point? 
Like, and that is a really hard question, I think, to answer yeah. for a lot of people. And a lot of people, I think, will dismiss the exercise entirely. And I think a lot of people are mm-hmm. because that's not their frame of reference. Their frame of reference is, you know, what am I going to do to convince this other person that I'm right and they're wrong, yeah. which just reinforces the us, you know, the us-them divide. Yeah. Um, and letting go of that is, you know, it's certainly not easy. And I, I, mean, I definitely have a long way to go. But, you know, another place in my own life that, you know, this is – this is, it's kind of a, a different subject, but it had you know, the same insight I used in another part of my life or acknowledged it and did things differently. My son is autistic and my relationship with my mom um, had really become very uh, you know, uncomfortable and, and tense because my mom has, is, is very uncomfortable with my son, Matt, because he's unpredictable, and she's just afraid that he's mm-hmm. going to hurt himself mm-hmm. and do something. And and I very much wanted her to just be the grandma and just love him, and I wanted to be right. She was wrong. She was handling this poorly. I was, you know, I was persuaded. And finally, I just, I recognized that trying to convince her that she wasn't handling things well <laughs> it was a profoundly bad strategy to have a loving relationship with my mom. Oh my gosh. And, and I just stopped and just acknowledged that it's hard to have a son who's autistic and it's hard on her and it's hard on me and it's hard on both of us. And that's where we are. Yeah. And my mom is still terrible with, you know, she's a terrible babysitter for my son, Matt. Mm-hmm. At least I got her back with the mom. <laughs> I'm no longer you know, judging her and trying to convince her. I'm just acknowledging that yeah, it's hard, isn't it? Yeah. And I'm sure you're having a hard time with it. And that's, you know, there's something in there for the difference between persuading people and just acknowledging where they are. Yeah, it, it, it yes, exactly. And and when you acknowledge, all of a sudden people are much more willing to come to where you're you're at. Um, yeah. Just by saying, "Hey, that's hard." I, I noticed that a lot in my own life, and you know, forgive me the the examples I I've come up with her with my nieces um, and nephews. They, you know, you're trying to get them to do something or whatever it is, and and they're having you know they're going through something, and just, so just stopping and be like, "Yeah, that seems tough. I'm so sorry," you know. That's. Uh, it sounds like you're going through a tough time, kid. You know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Not, not yeah. Trying to think that. Is just steering in a different direction. Yeah. Yeah. It totally. It totally just like it diffuses everything, and yeah. all of a sudden, it, we're yeah, we're at a place where we can talk. And it creates a, just a different. Really, it brings down that that barrier. It brings down a barrier. Yeah. Created by the, you know, the the act of trying to convince somebody of their errors or their faults or their defects. And I think there's never been a more profound moment in time politically for us to recognize that all of those efforts to convince the other side that we're right and they're wrong mm-hmm. on both sides of the aisle uh, is only going to aggravate the situation. Absolutely. And until we stop and listen and understand, yeah. we don't have any chance. No, you're absolutely right. And in, when words like compromise become evil, you know, and, and yeah. when really that's how everything is built, uh, you're right. We're, we're in a place where if we, if we don't, if we don't make some changes in the way we engage that things will continue to go in a direction that I think nobody wants um, and 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 it's funny I, I know that I'm sure Malka has said this to you but the idea of civity while many people still think it's touchy-feely squishy why there are more people now that we face this divide who are like oh huh maybe you know yeah and that's would, something yeah I would love to get you know Paul Ryan and Nancy Pelosi to sit down in a civity <gasps> workshop. That would be a dream. <laughs> that would be a dream. Right? And, like, and you know, work on this. 
work on unpacking those divisions. And, you know, politics, you know, the politics of today where you can't win unless you, you know, completely defeat your enemy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, does, it does feel like that frame of reference um, has very little, you know, very little hope and, uh, and, it, and, and, you know, strength in that, in that point of view, in that future. I yeah. think it's, you know, it creates a world that nobody really is, I think it doesn't serve anyone. Right. And certainly isn't a framework for building stronger community. It's right. just, you know, it's up and down, it's right and left, it's right and wrong. Um, and, you know, and I think it just becomes more and more difficult to have the converse, the important conversations that we need to have mm-hmm. to really address our, you know, our challenges of inequality and our challenges of injustice and our challenges of, you know, the economy and everything else that we need to work together on. Yeah. No, we're all in this together. Yeah, we're all in this together. Um, that is a beautiful moment to, to start wrapping up our conversation here. So I just, uh, you know, I just have, you know, one final thought for you and question for you. Um, you know, we've talked about your experience and how people responded to it. We've talked about what's going on in the world. Um, you know, what would you, what would you like to see from? I'm wondering if your orientation to your work at Volunteer Match has changed, as one part of it, and also sort of, you know, what would you like to see people do as we move and move through this landscape, um, and and try yeah. to try to get to the other side. If there's, I mean, if there's anything that I would just, you know, I would encourage is. I think we need to embrace. I, I am. I'm very much embracing a culture of listening and, you know, empathy and understanding. And there's, you know, too little of that in the world that we live in today. And I think that, you know, for people out there that are listening and are, you know, looking to do something constructive and positive right now, there's going to be a lot of, you know, opportunities to voice our frustration and our anger. Uh, and I hope people will also consider. Um, spending some time working on their own biases and, um, you know, prejudices and working to, you know, chip away at, at some of those boundaries and take a look not at, you know, what everybody else is doing wrong, but how they are contributing to the narrative that's unfolding right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's really important. And just, you know, it kind of really just comes down to listening, being in a place where you can really listen um, and understand and get to know the people around, you know, in your community, in your neighborhood that you don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, start there. And you can do the other things, uh, but that would be, I think that would have a powerful influence on how people are approaching these challenges. And at Volunteer Match, I think we've always encouraged that, but I think today, even at a more profound level, it's been interesting to see that our site traffic um, has spiked since the election. Oh, wow. And, um, I, I'm 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 quite pleased that most of the work on volunteer match, almost all of it, you know, they're mentoring programs and it's being a part of Big Brothers and Big Sisters. And while I believe people are reacting to the political narrative and coming to look and you know, to find their opportunities to make a difference, um, it is reassuring to see that those energies are getting put into organizations that are fundamentally not political. Mm. Um, and I do think that that will help, you know, bridge some of the gaps and get people involved. You know, not just in, you know, arguing for right and wrong, but getting more connected to the local Boys and Girls Club, you know, becoming a, you know, a Girl Scout, you know, um, troop leader, um, learning more about their local, you know, art association and people coming together around the things that they care about, I think can be a powerful tool 
to bridge some of these divides. Yeah, and that's really heartening to hear that, that there is something to build on. People are going to volunteer sites. People are uh, looking for ways to engage in that way. We do have a place to start, a place to build from. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, with the work we're doing, and hopefully we'll get there. So um, I want to... One, one oh, day at a time. One day at a time, exactly. I want to thank you so much. We have been talking with Greg Baldwin, president of Volunteer Match, about Civity, his experience uh, with Civity out in our Bay Area world, and how Civity can... Uh, Uh, hopefully help us uh, turn the ship a little bit with regard to our political landscape. Greg, thank you so much for being with us. Oh, thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. (laughs) Listen, there's a reason the ultra-wealthy have been investing in fine wine for centuries. Historically stable returns and a lack of volatility make it stand out compared to traditional assets, especially during a downturn. But now you can invest alongside with them with Vint. Vint is an SEC-qualified investment platform that offers shares of the most sought-after wines in the world. So join the thousands of investors diversifying with fine wine and spirits. Learn more at VINT.co for full investment disclosure. Disclosure information and more, visit VINT.co.